In our first reading from 1 Samuel, we hear how Israel was defeated and the Ark of God was captured. And at first glance, it might be, uh, it might seem, you know, why did God abandon his people? What happened to the glorious days when uh, the people of God would win their battles, especially because they brought the Ark of the Covenant with them, which is what the Israelites do here after losing a battle to the Philistines. Uh, you know, they, they bring the Ark of the Covenant for their next battle. And yet we hear it's a disastrous defeat in which the Ark of the Covenant was captured and Israel lost 30,000 soldiers among uh, whom the dead were Eli's, the high priest's sons, Hophni and Phinehas were uh, among the dead. And yet, this is actually exactly what God prophesied just a couple chapters earlier to the high priest Eli. Because Eli's sons were corrupt. The priests, the leaders of Israel at that time were corrupt. And Eli's sons would uh, commit liturgical abuses. They would steal from the meat that was supposed to be dedicated and offered up to God, and they were committing uh, sexual transgressions with the woman at the uh, tent of meeting. And God would only permit this for so long. And so he actually prophesied to their father, the high priest, that they would die by the sword on the same day. And the Ark of the Covenant wasn't uh, captured for too long. God brought about some plagues upon the Philistines who realized they needed to return the Ark of the Covenant. But it was a lesson for Israel. It was kind of a, a cleansing, a purification. And that is why we heard in uh, the psalm, why do you hide your face, forgetting our woe and our oppression? Why have you cast us off and put us in disgrace, and you go not forth with our armies? The response, though, at the end of that psalm is, for our souls are bowed down to the dust, our bodies are pressed to the earth. And that is the same response we ought to have today. Today, it's no secret, there is corruption amongst the leadership in the church and within the priests, and yet God is still, as we always hear in the Bible, he is the one who is in control. And it is he is the one who will bring about a, uh, a pure and holy priesthood. Jesus is our eternal high priest. And he is the one who you know, has the authority. And, you know, we see, even with, uh, in today's church, you know, there's kind of the same sins that the priests of the Old Testament committed, you know, liturgical abuses and uh, immorality, and yet 
God is still the one in control. That does not mean uh, we leave his church. And we see that he too, just like in the Old Testament, will sometimes help purify our church, help in a certain sense prune uh, or purify. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, a punishment is a form of medicine. And, you know, I think uh, we've seen that in recent years in which after, uh, you know, in St. Peter's in Rome, Pachamama, a pagan uh, goddess, was offered incense on the altar of St. Peter's. And what happened? A couple weeks later, a certain virus started to spread and shut down the world so that not a single public mass was offered on that altar for over a year. And even around the world, many, uh, you know, the public was not able to access mass, the sacraments. And this was not, you know, originally what God wants, but yet God always draws good out of evil. And he, as we see in the Old Testament, always respond in a way that helps us. And he can only take certain grave abuses for so long. You know, I heard one priest point out so many sacrilegious holy communions were being made because of the lack of preparation. So many people receiving holy communion while in the state of mortal sin. Well, that stopped for at least a few months. And, you know, it is unfortunate. A lot, we know, have not even returned to the churches. They kind of got out of habit of going to church. And yet, in a certain sense, there are less sacrilegious Holy Communions. Again, God doesn't fully want our destruction or for us to not have access to him. But he can only withstand so much abuse of his love and mercy. And he is a priest. Jesus is a priest full of mercy. As we heard in the gospel today, when the leper came to him, we hear how Jesus was moved with pity and stretched out his hand and touched the leper. The leper shows us the response we are to have. He kneels down and begs. And we cannot be so proud and arrogant that you know, we stand before the Lord as if we don't need his mercy, as if we're not committing any sins. We have to beg the Lord to make us clean. And Jesus will do so. 
Jesus moved with pity, stretched out his hand, and touched the leper. And Jesus touches us today as the high priest. He touches us through his sacraments, especially through the Eucharist and confession, you know, symbolized in that blood and water which poured out from his heart, the Eucharist and the sacrament of penance. And both of those sacraments can make us clean. You know, he makes us clean at, his at our baptism, but as we know, we are not always clean because of our sins that we commit. And yet, we can recognize, like the leper, our filthiness and go to the Lord to be cleaned. You know, back in ancient days, lepers were completely shunned because of how contagious leprosy was thought to be. And yet, how much more contagious is sin? You know, think of how anger can lead to hatred and violence or greed to theft and killing or envy to uh, other sins, lust to leading others into sin. All the sins breed more sins. That's the true thing we ought to be worried about that's contagious, is sin. And yet, Jesus does not fear it because he is the one in control. He is the one who can reach out and touch us through his sacraments offered by his priests, whether or not they are good and holy priests or not. Jesus still acts through his priests. Whether or not, you know, a priest is committing all the sins that, you know, we uh, heard in our first reading or we heard in the Old Testament, uh, you know, were being committed. When a priest offers up Mass and has that intention to consecrate that bread and wine into the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, then that is truly the body and blood of Jesus. And it has a great healing power. When we receive Holy Communion uh, in the state of grace, even our venial sins are wiped away. And in confession, no matter again how sinful the priest, it is Jesus who is really there in the confessional that you're confessing your sins to. Jesus is the one who is touching you in these sacraments. You know, and that's why uh, you, know, you can't go to confession over the phone. You, know, you, you can receive blessings over the, the phone, uh, but confession is a sacrament. And all the sacraments have a physical component because Jesus wants to reach out and touch us through his priests. And notice what he does in the gospel. He tells the leper, see that you tell no one anything but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. So he himself tells the leper, go and still follow the current laws. 
the Mosaic law. Go to the priests, even though at other points he points out the hypocrisy and the corruption of the priests of that time. That is what Jesus still wants us today to do as well, still go to these, the priests. If he was saying that for the Old Testament priests, which did not even have the same graces of salvation that the New Testament priests have, how much more so shall we continue going to his priests? Because the New Testament priests is the priesthood of Christ, you know, according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus wants to heal us, and he does so through his sacraments, which are ministered, especially the Eucharist and uh, confession by the successors of the apostles. That is where his authority lies. And only God, you know, only uh, God has the authority to prescribe otherwise. So it's not up for us to decide, well, because of all the corruption going on, I cannot take part in this church anymore. If you do so, you're cutting yourself off from life-saving graces. You're cutting yourself off from being cleansed like the leper. And that is why Jesus told the leper to go to Moses, so that this leper would not be excommunicated, so that he would not be lost. Jesus wants to heal us. He is moved with pity. He is the one that pours out his mercy upon us and in the whole world. But it is up to us to not abuse that mercy, and it is up to us to always stay united to him and his priesthood by remaining in his church so that through his priests we may receive his cleansing sacraments. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, 
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.